Yes, guys, welcome back to the podcast. First episode of the year and another day, well, night in the simulation. And we're back again to discuss about ancient Egypt and other stuff we have in mind. And Rowan, you obviously went to Egypt recently, back in December. So would you like to touch on, on that experience? I know you mentioned it with our collaboration with Sylvie last Tuesday on his channel, but would you like to explain to the viewers how that was being in Egypt? Wow, it was an absolutely transformative experience. It was absolutely amazing. First off, I'd like to say Happy New Year to all the viewers and hope everyone Happy had a great Christmas, whatever celebration you had, if you're paying or whatever. Um, yeah, it was such a class experience. If anyone gets the chance to go to Egypt, definitely go to the pyramids. I didn't go last time. I went in 2011 and we didn't go. We just went to the Valley of the Kings, which is still amazing. But it's it, it, like on, on a scale compared to the pyramids is nothing like it's still something obviously it's still absolutely stunning but then you go to the pyramids you're like wow you're basically taken aback by like the energy and the the scale and how monumentous this whole place is it's just you step onto the Giza plateau and you're just bombarded with these beautiful pyramids like they're just huge they're so like like you see pictures of them and you're like, oh, wow, that looks pretty big. But if you go to see it in person, you will truly appreciate the scale of them because they are so massive. And we always say there's not a way that we could recreate them today. Like no one's worked out how we could possibly rebuild the pyramids. And you can understand why, because when you go, they're just so elegant and so beautiful. They look so purposeful, like they've been done with such perfection and such care and attention. And it's just on this fast plane of desert. Obviously, it's like right next to Cairo. So to your left, you've got this massive city, this bustling city. That I don't think a lot of people realise that about the pyramids. It's not out in this completely barren wasteland of a desert. It's literally right next to Cairo. It's right next to the city. So it does get quite loud. But obviously, you can go out onto the plateau and you go a bit further out. But yeah, it's it, it's just an outstanding place to be in like the energy um the it, it, it's otherworldly i'd say yes an unbelievable discussion there you know like i myself i've never been to egypt so i'd love to i'd love to go sometime and obviously like you mentioned the viewers have that opportunity so we obviously mentioned the pyramids and the first thing I'd like to touch on, but we both know this, that they obviously merge or they join and line up with Orion's belt, which is quite interesting, considering that in Greek mythology, Orion was represented as a hunter and he's obviously a constellation in the night sky. So what? why is that? the case what could that possibly entail for whoever created these pyramids as to why they put it so perfectly next to or lined it perfectly by orion's belt well i think it's probably is a representation of the devotion and like their sense of worship they are showing their appreciation for the gods above which is at that time orion um I remember listening to a podcast a few months ago, though. It was talking about how the the Earth has actually flipped because obviously there's like been like the change of axis and stuff like that. So it's not in the same position it was when it was originally built. So that would 
entail that the sky was actually different when they built the pyramids and it was actually facing a different star. I can't remember the name of the exact star. Could have been Sirius. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but yeah, I, th I think just the fact that they were built exactly in line with something like a, a star system like Orion, I think it just goes to show how technical and brilliant and how proficient they were at being able to build these monuments that were so perfect to the like inch perfect that we couldn't replicate today and um there was something silvio said on the last podcast we did with him if you guys want to go check that out that's over on his show inner knowledge 333 um but he spoke about how he believed that the pyramid was a chamber for things such as ritual sacrifices and spiritual experiences so people would go into there and essentially if they if they opened up the top you'd have this light beaming through from orion down into the king's chamber and that could have acted as some sort of portal potentially to the astral um which some people believe that space is the astral realm and one and two are distinguishable from the other and or it could be that it's basically sending the energy upward to the stars what they saw as a representation of god so if they were performing a ritual sacrifice they would be sacrificing to the gods essentially yeah that would make sense because obviously like i mentioned before orion is a hunter so maybe that uh, portal thing where the energy is being taken that's probably what is given with orion looking to hunt down the energy that exists within this reality so yeah that was a, was, a, was a great start i feel like i want to touch on to some other egyptian gods you know two in particular ra and set and i think raza is a big one you know the the i'd say the most worshipped god in in ancient egypt religion you know representing the sun other sources say that he's rule of the sky the earth the underworld he appears everywhere so what I'd like to mention with Ra is that when you look into the periodic table around, I think you know this as well, like the the symbol Ra obviously represents the element radium, which has the proton number of 88, which for sure represents the constellations in the night sky, with the astrology signs being a part of that system too. So it, and of course, when you're looking to radium, where it comes from and it originates, it's derived from the Latin word radius, and that means ray. And obviously, with radius, it's quite interesting because we know in maths that it's half the diameter and it's it has a relationship with pi. And when you look into trigonometry, right, um, there is a, a, a unit of measurement, it's called radians and that's given in pi as well so obviously raw being in the middle of that that's really used to measure angles so then he led me thinking he led me going down the rabbit hole that if angles in trigonometry are measured in radians and angle is an anagram of angels it perhaps explains the fallen angel story that is told in revelation and interesting that, sorry go yeah, i didn't really perhaps that rise the personification of perhaps satan because 
you know, we've all been Radians, we're all connected to Pi in maths, and we know in numerology, Satan in Chaldean, when you reduce down the numbers, it equates to Pi. So is Ra just Satan? Which would be Saturn. Yeah. yeah. And it was like the Egyptians had such a fascination with Ra as well that basically had everything based around Ra as the god because you had. I don't know if you know this. I got some papyrus, if anyone's ever heard of papyrus. Papyrus. So it's the oldest paper on Earth, and it's derived from the papyrus plant. Um, and that was like the the worshipped plant of Egypt. That's what they recognised as like the, the plant of the gods, because the bottom of it is shaped like a pyramid. <clears throat> and the top of it is shaped, like it flicks out like sun rays. So if you have a, if you have a look at a picture of the papyrus plant, you'll see that the top of it, like the, the petals and stuff, are shaped like the looking out towards, look, look, look like sun rays, essentially. And throughout the day, they follow the path of the sun. It's like they go with it. So it was an appreciation of the sun, basically. And that's why they had that as such, like, highly valued. And that's why they wrote everything down. And so everything was written in papyrus. And it's the longest-lasting paper today as well so if you had some papyrus i bought some papyrus if it is genuine it'll probably last for thousands of years that's how they found out about a lot of the uh, things going on in ancient Egypt was because a lot of the scriptures and stuff were written down on papyrus plant so yeah um yeah <laughs> that's all i have to add to that little segment there but yeah i think what you say about Ra potentially being Lucifer and the agent of the underworld is yeah is quite fascinating and could be potentially the truth and like the reality of it all. Yeah, and to give my con to continue on, you know, Ra Wikipedia mentions he was also known as Re, and it's why you have the Re prefix everywhere in the modern world. Religion, repeat, redo, especially religion because. All the Abrahamic religions represent the worship of the sun. I mean, it's it's not just in religion too. It's the solar system is based around the sun. You know, the higher ups they worship the sun, and that's that that in it that is pretty clear in that sense. And you know, so with Ra also known as Re, and then you've got Set, which is the god of war, chaos. Uh, storms and thunder and all that stuff you combine the two words together you get the word reset and of course reset we obviously know what's going on on the world stage and that's all based around the sun which of course is why you have the c19 and even resetting numerology is a 19 matching with the tarot card the sun being the 19th card obviously the sun has a specific feature called the corona and we, we all know what happened back in 2020 with that event so the whole this whole idea of the great reset is all centered around the sun yeah combining the names of the two egyptian gods and sets the deity that's extremely interesting because i remember well i don't even remember i was literally listening to a podcast today or a video um lost scriptures of giza by jason brashears over at archaics he talks about how essentially the pyramids were made as a monument to mark a calendrical, uh, cal calendrical system to show people 
of the new world, like today, that the end of times is coming and the end times will be instead of, so like back pre-Enoch times, uh, the deluge was water and this time it'll be fire. So if it comes from the sun, that makes more sense it being fire. The moon is something that controls the waves and water. So obviously that would make sense that potentially that deluge was controlled by the moon. This next deluge might be controlled by the sun, Ra. And it was built during the reign of Set and Ra. So those times correspond. Um, so yeah, that could potentially be a sign that the reset is hinting towards more than just like a control system that's coming in from the elites like you know you see on wef them saying like oh we need a new world we need like a new system and stuff like that which is basically a communist regime instead it is more of a reset like a reset of times like a an incoming deluge of fire potentially that comes every few thousand years the thing is we don't know whether this like period of humanity is like set in stone forever to pardon the pun it could be that essentially we have different people existing on on the planet earth prior to us and then they get wiped out and then the next reset comes and then they get wiped out and then the next group of people come to exist on earth and then they get wiped out by a reset so it could be just that and that and that and going on and the pyramids could be a representation of what is to come and they're just there like they will always like exist on this earth it's just like a reminder of what is to come that makes sense yeah that makes sense so yeah we obviously know here the reset is more than just mankind because it has nothing to do with man you know it's all it's all supernatural and once you accept that it becomes a lot easier to to deal with these times that we're in at this moment in time but you know wanted to focus on both and it's quite interesting really because i saw a video recently that mentioned that it was Foth who built the pyramids i'm not sure yeah. how true that is well Foth is also another name for enoch and is it yeah as I, I was yeah so as i was listening to uh jason Bridges, he does say that anyway like in the text they associated enoch with Foth. it was just a different name for him and it's widely believed that Enoch was the one who built the pyramids off the instruction of the Yaldabaoth god, whoever controls this existence. And that's why he's like regarded as the god, like the god figure on earth, because he built the pyramids. That makes sense. There's like there's like also as well with with Foth, he was a he was a scribe, so in that video I watched it, it seemed like he was the guy responsible for writing down the history that is surrounding ancient Egypt and he obviously ruled over some parts of Atlantis as well for thousands of years and is depicted in many forms as well and it's quite interesting because he's seen as the god of wisdom supposedly he's, 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 he's somehow connected to the moon but he, you know, from him, yeah, he's equivalent to the Greek version of Hermes, and this is where you have uh, Hermetism 
that stems from ancient Egypt with Thoth and Hermes and then from Hermetism. You have secret societies that exist today, such as the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. So yeah, and they've existed it's just for hundreds of years. Yeah. Given Freemasonry falls into that bracket of Hermetism and ancient Egypt. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like you say about Abrahamic religions today. They all stem from Enoch because... Enoch was the one who wrote the tablets and stuff as instructed by God. And this was prior to the, like, a deluge. This, I'm, I'm just going off what Jason from Archaics states anyway. Um, so prior to the deluge, Enoch built this as, like, a figure to, like, the, the pyramids is like a monument to remember past the deluge. So when the deluge happened, it all, like, everything got wiped out, essentially. Enoch was taken back up to exist with Yaldabaoth, our god. That's why he's regarded as like a god. He's not the god, but he is a god because he was chosen by God, essentially. And then Abraham, who came after the deluge, was instructed to decipher everything that was written on the pyramids or around the pyramids to then pass down to the new societies and new civilizations. So all religions are stemming from Enoch, like you say, and they're all stemming from Abraham because Abraham's the one that passed that knowledge on to the new civilizations, essentially. That's fascinating. I believe Abraham, if I'm correctly, is he, is he the king of Israel at the time? When yeah, 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 the king of Israel. And of course, there's the story of the 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 people, the twelve tribes of Israel fleeing to Egypt, I think, to free Jacob. So yeah. It's quite pretty interesting how the Old Testament seemed to connect that to Egypt. I wonder why. But then there's there's no actual record of Moses being an actual person and existing during the same time. So whether Moses is just a figure that's been thrown in by Christianity to make it seem like their story is more that sided. Not sure. Interesting. Might not existing. Because Moses was said to be influential with the with the ten commandments that is written in scripture so yeah yeah it's a tough one but well i went out to um the sinai desert while i was in shamal sheikh because obviously it's in shamal sheikh which is like an island next to egypt mount sinai is located in the sinai desert and i was out there like last month quite interesting that's where he it, 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 you know the um, story of the burning bush which it climbed up the yes. climbed up the mountain Got the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. I believe that was in Exodus three fourteen, right? Or is that is 3, that fourteen? Three fourteen. Possibly, possibly. See, this that's the thing. There's always the relation to pi. Pi always comes up. It's always there. It's like Jason Brashears when he he was talking about like the first day of the calendar when the this calendar started and it's. 3113, the year 3113, which is basically 3.14 because it's 3.1 and then you add the 3 and the 1 and you get 3.14. So there's always like the relation to pi. Yeah, because effectively pi is, runs this reality in a sense and he has a lot of, lot of big influence like or does that's it run why... this reality, or is it is it the thing that's like encompasses the reality? So is it the 
the thing that holds us all together in this reality, if that makes sense. It's like the we're part of a pie. I don't know. Yeah, that that, that would make sense. Right? Blueberry pie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very true. Maybe that is the case. You know. Um, this is completely off topic. When I was driving home, and I was listening, I was listening to this podcast. Have you seen the Tesla logo? Yes. It looks like an eye. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. It kind of resembles the eye of Horus. Interesting. In a way, have you noticed that before? No, I've not. Look at just look up a Tesla sign. Just look up the the sign for Tesla. Look in the center. Yeah, do I have to it zoom looks like an upside this? down pyramid and an eye potentially. Say again. Oh yeah, I kind of see it. The yeah, way I've and it's seen like an upside it, down it looks... pyramid as well. Yeah, that's interesting. The way I saw that um, with the Tesla logo is that uh, it's the Greek. I see like the Greek letter Tau, which oh, is right, the yeah. nine, yeah, is the 19th letter, obviously tied to the sun. And then in the Hebrew, or that's not Hebrew, the Phoenician letter, there's a letter called Tau again, but spelt with a W instead of a U at the end. And that's the, is it 22nd letter if I'm Correct. Let me let me check. I don't want to embarrass myself. This is a complete tangent here, isn't it? Sorry, I'm yeah. I've completely thrown us off track here. <laughs> it just came to my mind because I was like, I remember driving home and I remember seeing that. I was like, it looks like you know, seeing eye, or it looks like a pyramid upside down. Yeah, at least. And it's interesting because yes, yeah, the twenty-second letter. Um, yeah, Jason Brashears talked yeah, about in the podcast he talked about how the pyramids were like a like a monument to the underworld as well obviously you have the upside down pyramid on the tesla logo and like ra being the god of the underworld as well yeah that makes sense but just to continue on with tau he was actually he was actually tau i got it wrong but well tau is the same thing but like the 22nd and in phoenician it, it, it represents the letter X, and if you know about the the god Osiris, yeah, there's this symbol right when he's resurrected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that perhaps represents, you know, that's why you see in the symbolism all these the higher ups they, they when they all do that, it's all representing resurrection in a way. I thought it was representing Wakanda forever. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a typical NPC response. That's what it is. Because obviously no. the, main actor, the main actor died, didn't he, Boseman? Yeah, Chadwick Boseman died quite fittingly. I'm not saying, I'm not going to say anything on that. Obviously, he probably did die. It was probably in natural causes, but it's just part of the reality that someone has to die as like a form of symbolism and sacrifice. Right, I need to look at this. I'll do this later. Okay. Just think if if you put the two eyes side by side, the eye of Horus and the eye of Ra, yeah. or the eye of Thoth, or whatever you want to call it, it looks more like a Tesla logo. Like if they're put together, that could just be me reaching. 
I don't know. Maybe there's something in there. You can definitely dive in and maybe in a future episode you could there could be a solid connection there. Yeah. Yeah. Save it for the future. Not talking about yeah, that. 100%. Yeah, I had something in my mind, but I forgot it. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the Eye of Horus. You know how the the, high, the the puppets on the world stage, the musicians, they always cover their left eye? Yeah. Right. Like, because with Horus, they said that Horus's right eye would represent the sun and his left eye would represent the moon. So by covering the left eye, it's telling that uh, it's it's sun worship shown. Yeah, true. With, Very true. With, yeah. with no one eye, but people nowadays the conspiracy theorists they all label it as a satanic. But what does that really mean? Against against Satan, Satan is the, the fallen sun in a way because yeah. he obviously fell down from the heavens. Yeah, well, it's just a representation of hidden knowledge, I think, more than anything. Yeah. It's a representation of like the one eye symbolism represents like hidden knowledge that is sacred and probably passed down from like Abrahamic texts and stuff that we don't have possession of. It's probably kept in places far away from our reach and was probably burnt down in the libraries of like, Alexandria and things like that. So, but I think we're, we're touching closer and closer on the reality of everything now and people are beginning to wake up. Whether that awakening is manufactured. Who knows? Yeah, it's obviously something to do with the relationship between the sun and Sirius. As Santos Benacci, if you've ever heard of him, mentioned in, in an old video of his, like, as when the sun and Sirius are close together, it, it seems to be that there's this, there's a shift in consciousness somewhere. It's quite interesting, really, that relationship between the sun and Sirius because. It's told that there's a binary star system between the two, you know, and the ancient Egyptian equivalent of Sirius is the goddess Sopdet, which I've, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know much about that goddess in particular. Maybe you want to elaborate on that, but I think they saw her as the morning star, if I'm correct, Sopdet. Okay. No, I know about the Sirius worship during ancient Egypt, but I didn't know about that. There was like a faction of people that worship Sirius, I believe. I think yeah. they were called the Syriads, or they established their own community called the Syriads. And, was that, was that yeah. in ancient Egypt or a different time? I believe I believe it was ancient Egypt. Could be completely wrong. Um, obvi obviously, as well, you had um, King Akhenaten come in after... Or prior to um, Tutankhamun, Tutankhamun's dad, obviously, um, who came in and basically made everything, it turned ancient Kemet into a monotheistic religion uh, where they all had to worship the sun. They could only worship the sun, they couldn't worship anything else. So, yeah. And then he was basically exonerated. People didn't like Akhenaten very much because he forced them to go against their religion. They believed in, like, worshipping different things other than the sun they worshipped a lot of different things yeah. so i don't i don't know if you, you're familiar with the process of like when an ancient egyptian dies like a, a pharaoh or something or other like a high up priestess or uh pharaoh's wife basically what would happen is they'd get buried and they'd they'd get a mask and 
essentially they get a, a book. They'd all get a book, and it'd be called the Book of Death. Death, I believe. Could be wrong, but I believe it's that. And it essentially what it did was it told them, it gave them instructions of when they die, this is how to fight through the underworld. This is how to get through the different realms, and this is how to return to your body. Because they would be buried with treasures and in a tomb, and they believed that they should uh, experience the afterlife with these treasures and these pleasures. And that's why they had, obviously, like the Valley of the Kings and things like that, because they get buried with these treasures. Um, but Akhenaten, who was like that, they thought he didn't deserve that sort of treatment in the afterlife. So essentially, what happened was he didn't get a book of death and. His mask was basically torn up, so he, he his soul would not recognise his body in the afterlife. So essentially, his soul would be stuck in purgatory forever, and he wouldn't be able to return to his body and experience the afterlife. So yeah, that's that's what the ancient Egyptians believed anyway. Very interesting. Is could you say that relates to the current death reincarnation cycle? Is the afterlife just heaven or is it just going back to earth again? Because you touched on how they, is, was, is it asked to travel or an out-of-body experience that these pharaohs went experienced in a way? So it, it wasn't, it was is it, essentially what they believed was after they died, yeah. they had to return to their body or they would be reincarnated over and over again, or they would be stuck just wandering the astrals and things like that for eternity. And they wouldn't be able no. to like, so they were essentially thinking like, if we build a tomb and we give ourselves instructions of how to fight, fight through the underworld, then we'll be able to return to our bodies and experience the afterlife in like a tomb and like a, a place of where we can have, have our pleasantries and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it it wasn't the fact that they were doing the astral travel, or the problem they might have been at the time. They might have understood like how to astral travel, and that's how they had the knowledge to write these books and pass them on to people before they died. And this is like how to fight through that sort of um, experience. But it, it was more like when they died, they had to work out how to do it. If that makes sense. Yeah, good point. There's yeah, um, a. There's a book they believed as well, like after they died, there was a thing called the Book of I'm completely butchering this here. Um so essentially when they died, let me find the name of the book. Is the Book of the Dead? I don't believe so. The Book of the Dead was the thing that they used to to the uh, find the body in the afterlife. Um and what was it called? Might be in the book of Amun Ra. Just give me one second. I've heard of that before. Amun Ra. Yeah. It's the because Ra was in many. Forms. Oh no, Amun Ra was a book that contained spells and stuff to take away life from mortals. Uh, book that showed judgment, death. Wasn't the Book of the Dead? Was it this? Oh, no, it might have been the Book of the Dead, actually. Yeah, my mistake. So essentially yeah, was what it? it was was, like, when they die, it's just like a representation of what they believed happened when they died. So when they died, 
that would go through, like Sylvia would say, you'd have a life review. Is this controlled by the Archons? Is this what they were referring to? The gods, like, above us? Like, when you die, you go to a life review and they're like, oh, well, you did this, you did this right, you did this wrong, you did this right. Go back again if you want, and you can start again. Essentially, they believed that they could either pass through the um, this test. So what would happen is, have you heard the term, like, as someone's heart being as light as a feather? Yes. That's where the saying stems from. So what, like, the it depicts two weights, on one side to be a feather and one side to be a heart. And if your heart weighed heavier than the feather, what they'd say is, like, you've had a bad life, like, you've, you've not acted correctly in this life. So your uh, heart would be destroyed, basically, by the gods, the archons. On the other side, however, if you if you pass the test and your heart was as light as a feather, you'd pass through to join, uh, like, Ra and things like that, I believe, anyway. Um would be completely wrong in that but i know like horus and stuff uh, if, you, if you could pull a picture up i'll send you like a, a picture of it okay you can pull a picture up when like post editing so people yeah. can see what i'm talking about but yeah so the the join uh the god on the other side of the like a wall and that would be them experiencing the bliss of afterlife essentially wow so that that is uh might have been Osiris just... actually. Really? <laughs> yeah, that they were joining in the afterlife. Yeah, definitely, but yeah, that is quite similar to perhaps what happens when we die in this reality too. Yeah. It's all similar similar stories, similar events said by different civilizations, whether it's ancient Egypt, Gnosticism, religion to an extent so similar so perhaps eventually we could figure out what really happens after death but yeah it's a i don't know really it's just i uh, think we're, we're etching closer because we're, we're remembering in a sense yeah very true it is it is, it is getting close, but, you know, it, we can figure it out one day. It's definitely yeah. possible. Do you want me to talk about the courses on the pyramids, like I talked about with Sylvia? Yeah, you can. Yeah, so for people that haven't watched that podcast, there's a, a section in this book. I've got the book here, When the Sun Darkens by Jason Brashears. If you want to give this book a read, it's a really good book. Um but he basically talks about how the pyramid is set out like a calendar, essentially. And it's got 203 courses. When I say courses, I mean like layers of brick going up. The top layer is vanished. There's nothing there. I'm talking about the Great Pyramid here, by the way. So there is three pyramids at the Giza Plateau, but I'm just speaking about the Great Pyramid. There's one missing at the top, which is believed to be the chief cornerstone. And that is preserved for someone or something to return and sit on top of possibly like a corona like a crown that you have the relation to coronavirus <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah the, the 203 courses is in relation to 
how many years there are between the period of 1902. So 1902 was the year that, give me a second, I'm going to have to weigh this out. <laughs> 1902, 1902, I don't have it somewhere in here. It, it begins at 1902 because that was the end of the cur- cursed Earth periods of Planet Phoenix. Uh, Planet Phoenix is a planet that returns every 138 years and passes through our elliptical system. Um, and this is why you have the representation of the Phoenix, seen on things like the Seal of Ancient Rome and previously the US Seal, which was changed to an eagle, as most people know. Um so essentially in 1902, that's when that first year started. And from the year 1902, 203 courses takes us... Oh, wait, no, I could be completely butchering this here. 1902... That takes to, to 2105, right? 2105, you're completely right. I was doing like 2000. Yeah, 2105, which leaves us one year in lieu of the year 2106, which is 2106, which if you write it out, looks like 216, if you get rid of the zero. 216, six times six times six is 216. Obviously, you have to, people say, oh my God, that's the number of Satan, that's the devil's number, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> fun fact, fun fact, uh, at my bar that I worked at, I've left now, but I invented a number called 216 because that is a code number for someone who is a Karen, so they're like a devil. So if, if you like, you want to call someone a Karen or like a bitch, but you don't want to say it to the, like you don't obviously want to call them a Karen or a bitch right in front of the face, just say 216 because you basically call them 666. You're calling them the devil. You're calling them psychopath. Um, yeah, sorry, that's completely off time. 2106. And that is supposed to be the year of the return of the chief cornerstone, who is Yoldabath, who is the god, who is the demiurge, who could be Enoch potentially. It's all up in the air. Um, but also, as well, 138 years after the year 1902 is 2040. And it is believed that in that year, that is when this calendar essentially ends. And there could be the start of the apocalypse, the deluge, the destruction of Earth. We could see that's like why it seems like we're moving towards like as you said a reset like a raw set we're moving towards that moving closer and closer so yeah the the great pyramid is essentially like a calendar that represents like the and the courses represent us getting close to that 203rd year which is the return of the chief cornerstone being satan being whatever it is like whoever controls this reality that is something we need to ponder. That's something we're, we're not completely aware of. But 2040 is the year of Phoenix's next return. And that could be the year that we experience like a lot of destruction and things coming down and blowing us up. Like the film 2012. If you've seen that film, uh, that could potentially what happens. Like, I wouldn't be scared about it. If you're in the right mind, mindset and you're just living this life, like... It might not even affect you. Like you might be in the right place. That usually there are civilizations that survive the great deal deluges, so you might be okay. <laughs> um, but I, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just saying this is what Jason Bashir believes. Like the, the pyramids represent essentially. Yeah, and yeah. 
Well, that's interesting because if you look at that research, we're in the 121st, right? So if you go to the periodic table at this moment in time, you look at the atomic masses of each element and you find the element antimony, which has the OC and I of Horus, right? Which is quite interesting. So perhaps there's something in the air regarding this year as well. Even if you look at 23 in numerology, the word Horus is 23. So what could that mean regarding the OC and I? You know, it's a uh, stuff to ponder. You know, um, I, I know that in this instance, the, it may be another year of chaos for sure. But at the same yeah. time, many people that awaken to this, perhaps there is a perhaps what there is a second coming of Horus, which is the same as Jesus. We got anyway, because both Horus and Jesus are the same character. This is there's always this talk about the second coming of Christ, and that perhaps is returning, maybe this year in fact. But yeah. what is that really in the form? Is it in the form of being told you're in a simulation? I think so. Possibly. Well, it's like the, um, you never know. The pyramids could be, like you say, like obviously the pointing towards Orion and the pointing towards the stars and the star systems. What if they are a form of technology that will start Project Bluebeam and make people think that, oh my God, there's gods in the sky? Do you know what I mean? Could be that. Maybe. Maybe what will happen and maybe what the pyramids are used for. They'll like shoot a laser into the sky and then it'll spread across the whole of the earth. And then there'll be like projections of gods and stuff coming down. Like you yeah. said about 2023, uh, 2023 potentially being like a massive year as well on the world stage. Elon Musk tweeted, to come back to Tesla, he tweeted um, the other day something about 2023 being like a really big year. Like to keep your eyes open for this year, which is quite a weird thing to say, isn't it? Like potentially for someone in the know. You'd assume that they know something that you don't. Essentially, his tweet was, hope you're having a great day, 2023. One thing's for sure, it won't be boring. How does he know that? Has he got something up his sleeve? Does he know that something's going to happen? 100%. Who knows? It'll be interesting to see. Also, as well, something I didn't touch on. Um, Jason Bashir's refers to the years as Anus Mundi, which is like an old dating system. And it starts off the calendar from, if you start it off from the year 3895, which is the year that he believes that the, the first deluge started prior to humans existing on Earth. And it was like done by Anunnaki. You know, the, you know the story of Anunnaki, everyone's heard the story of Anunnaki. Or people yeah. watching this probably heard the story of Anunnaki. Yeah. Um, and that was the first year. And if you go to the year 2106, that is the 6,000th year of Anus Mundi. So it's like you have the six there. So it, 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 it's like the, the, the final year, essentially, of the calendar cup period. Yeah. I definitely need to look into Brashears' stuff. I just don't have the time, really. His stuff's quite yeah. detailed. Yeah, it's very detailed. Like, I was listening to one of his podcasts. I'm listening to the Lost Scriptures of Giza, like the audio book at the minute, and it's, it's 
really hard to follow. Like, <laughs> I don't think it'd be as bad reading it. But like this book here, if you, if you read through it, there's a, it's just a lot of dates and a lot of things to remember. Like if you look, like it's just a lot. Like most of it is just like on this date this happened, and this connects to this because this, and because at this date this happened. So that's three thousand years after, and blah blah blah. So yeah. Interesting yeah, to note as well. Um, sorry, the fall of Rome actually happened in the year four hundred seventy-six, which is one thousand three hundred years before the establishment of the Illuminati. There seems to be a fascination with the year seventy-six. I'm not sure what it is. Fall of Rome, mate. Well, yeah. obviously, like what you touch on the world stage, perhaps the current Pope on the world stage would be the last one. Of course, the fall yeah. of the, the Roman Empire happened in Constantinople, which yeah. is in Istanbul, modern modern Turkey, which is why if you followed football on the world stage, that's where the current Champions League final is. And, you know, it's quite interesting that is because... You know, it's all representative of the, the phoenix in a way, that that whole scenario. So the fall of Rome, history will perhaps repeats itself in that in, in, in that final. In that the phoenix will be coming back in 2040. Also as well, yeah, like you said, uh, World Cup was won by Argentina and the Pope is from Argentina. And the final was one day before his birthday, or one day after, sorry. Yeah. Birthdays on the 17th of December. And obviously, like the Roman Church, what it is now, like the church now, like the Vatican and stuff, obviously isn't what it used to be. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the values and stuff they hold today are quite twisted. And I don't really think they speak for the majority of Christians. Nah. No chance. You know, the you know, the Jesuits really, they're just Jews on suits as one twi- one person I follow on Twitter calls it, you know, it's all, it's all a Ponzi. All right, can you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love a lot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, the Vatican, yeah, their time's up because life is a cycle and it's all part of the, the whole reset thing. That's why... You know, I don't really touch on religion, but that's why Christianity is going down because the higher ups they want a one world religion. That's why in the UAE they're looking to build an Abrahamic house for all the three Abrahamic religions Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. So you have a church, obviously, Christianity is the mosque for Islam and synagogue for the Jews. So that's why they, the high ups, the, the Jews in charge of this world, use the, the puppets in the music industry to mock the Christ figure, which is Horace, which is any other character that is uh, has a similar story to Jesus. Interesting, isn't it? It's very fascinating. I think what we're experiencing is a game of like 5D chess, where they've had every move planned out for hundreds of years. And they're just slowly moving the pieces. Slowly moving the pieces. 100%. He's going to win. Again, it's a supernatural game. Uh, England. <laughs> What's your old 2024? Yeah. Isn't yeah, it? That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah, year. The, the year of the dragon, that is. Oof, that's very Ooh. interesting. That's 
This yeah, year's the, the era of the rabbit, which I think is very interesting because obviously, like the rabbit hole, I think that'll be the most interesting thing about yeah. this year. But yeah, the year of the dragon. Wales might win it. Nah, they ain't winning it. <laughs> <laughs> Who've they got? They haven't really got anyone, have they? Like uh, Aaron Ramsey. Yeah. I think that's it. I don't know if. I don't know who else yeah, they go. Yeah, that's Dan, James, Dan James. Daniel James. Horrific footballer, but yeah, this has gone completely off topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I com- I've completely forgot what we're talking about, to be honest. What were we saying? I have no you idea. You mentioned Brashear's book about the sun, and then you talked about the Vatican, and then somehow yeah. I talked about the Champions League final, and then we led to football for some reason. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I don't know if I said this on Sylvia's podcast, but there was something I wanted to touch on. You know, I, I talked to you about. Um, did I tell you this before? When I went swimming, when I went snorkeling yes. in Egypt, yeah, we, we swam out, and there was like a Statue of Liberty in the middle. Of oh the yeah, water, yeah, which yeah. Like you the, mentioned the this most too, random man. thing ever, and I was like, "Why the fuck is the Statue of Liberty out in this random patch of red, the Red Sea?" And like, obviously, you don't really think much of it. It was just like, that's really random. But then I had a dream about the Statue of Liberty again and being in New York. And like, they were transforming this part of the world to look like New York. Back in November as well, I went to Amsterdam. And then I read Jason Brashear's book. And there's a portion of it where he's talking about how New York is, it was like, it's, basically the start of the USA. It's like when, when the USA first started to come to like fruition because people from Amsterdam, coming over from the Netherlands, from Amsterdam, came over and turned what is now New York into New Amsterdam because they bought it off the Aborigines and said, can we have this piece of land for however much? I think it was like $24, which is fuck all, mate. That could buy you like a bottle of Prime today. Maybe not even that. Um, yeah. And then, so they bought that, and then that's the start of the the USA in a sense. And that was in the year 1626. If you go 414 years from that, which is in the book, if you read it, is explained as a cursed Earth period. Between those two years, it takes you to the year 2040, which is, like I said, the year of the Phoenix's return. So there's a period of 414 years between like the beginning of the USA to its end in 2040. That's 414 years, which is a cursed Earth period. So if that like there's another like number synchronicity there, basically, that lines up. <clears throat> and that's why I was like, I found it interesting that I had the dream about the Statue of Liberty and I saw the Statue of Liberty in the water in a random place in Sharm el Sheikh in Egypt. And then I went to Amsterdam like the month before. So I just thought I thought it was like a random uh bout of synchronicities. It was Everything, worth everything's mentioning. connected, my friend. Everything's connected. Yeah. Man, this is this has been good. This has been a great discussion. Have you got anything else to speak about? Because I feel like I've I've said everything I've needed to say at this point in time. Um not so much of saying something as much as a recommendation because at the minute I'm watching the show on Netflix, Ancient Apocalypse by Graham Hancock. 
and he basically like points out there's so many pyramids across the earth in different locations and some of them seem to date back as far as like 12,000 years ago like a long time ago like a hell of a long time ago so it's like what is this fascination with pyramids and what do pyramids represent um, and I think that's something that like needs to be worked out because I, f- I feel like the ancients were onto something quite secretive if they were all on the same wavelength of building pyramids like what is the significance of pyramids you know what I mean? like what does it represent that is like the biggest question yeah everyone has their theories and truths it's probably the hardest mystery to uncover in the in, in the entire reality yeah because it's, it's it's just like you said at the beginning it's so hard to to replicate like how do you even go about decoding a building like that but i don't know you know well, it's you like know, a, it's, like i said it could be a calendrical system but then people saying like the all the angles and stuff and the the le- yes. length of the sides of the height of it are all synced up they're all like num- numerically perfect yeah i see 51 degrees a lot appear appears a lot in the angles for the pyramid which is interesting yeah. given the 51st element in the periodic table and i was born on 5 1 and there's a 2 3 3 connection you remember you said about the 2 3 3 you were yes. 2 3 3 as well weren't you mm-hmm. uh 2 3 3 is the 51st prime if i'm not mistaken as well yeah i think that's true very true so yeah, there's like all these numerical synchronicities and stuff like that just link up with the pyramids. It's like, why do they do that? You still there? Oh. Yeah, I'm still there. Sorry, just called off for a second then, I think. I did it. So yeah. Should we call it now? I feel like this has been yeah. a great discussion. Yeah, as I usual. think this has been a great episode today. Yeah. And I think we should also retouch on this episode as well. We should keep going back to pyramids because it's such a fascinating thing to study and there's so much to go into. Yeah. I've got to start looking at the maths behind the pyramids because I'm, I'm a nerd when it comes to that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you'd be better at that than me because, like, I, I did pretty well at maths and GCSE, but, like, obviously, like, you know what you're doing when it comes to Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Enjoy the show. Well, the show's finished now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, oh, folks. <laughs> all right, see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>